Inferno, Canto 1 Midway upon the journey of our life, I found myself within a forest dark, for the straightforward pathway had been lost. Ah me, how hard a thing it is to say, what was this forest savage, rough and stern, which in the very thought renews the fear? So bitter is it, death is little more, but of the good to treat, which there I found, speak will I of the other things I saw there. I cannot well repeat how there I entered, so full was I of slumber at the moment, in which I had abandoned the true way. But after I had reached a mountain's foot, at that moment where the valley terminated, which had with consternation pierced my heart, upward I looked and I beheld its shoulders, vested already with that planet's rays, which leadeth others right by every road. Then was the fear a little quieted, that in my heart's lake had endured throughout the night which I had passed so piteously. And even as he who, with distressful breath, forth issued from the sea upon the shore, turns to the water perilous and gazes, so did my soul, that still was fleeing onward, turn itself back to rebehold the pass which never yet a living person left. After my weary body I had rested, the way resumed I on the desert slope, so that the firm foot ever was the lower. And lo, almost where the ascent began, a panther light and swift exceedingly, which with a spotted skin was covered o'er, and never moved she from before my face, nay, rather did impede so much my way, that many times I to return had turned. The time was the beginning of the morning, and up the sun was mounting with those stars that with him were what time the love divine. At first in motion set those beauteous things, so were to me occasion of good hope, the variegated skin of that wild beast, the hour of time and the delicious season, but not so much that did not give me fear, a lion's aspect which appeared to me. He seemed as if against me he were coming, with head uplifted and with ravenous hunger, so that it seemed the air was afraid of him, and a she-wolf, that with all hungerings, seemed to be laden in her meagerness, and many folk has cause to live forlorn. She brought upon me so much heaviness, with the affright that from her aspect came, that I the hope relinquished of the height. And as he who is willingly acquires, and the time come that cause him to lose, who weeps in all his thoughts and is despondent. Even such made me that beast without in peace, which, coming on against me by degrees, thrust me back thither, where the sun is silent. While I was rushing downward to the lowland, before mine eyes did one present himself, who seemed from long-continued silence hoarse. When I beheld him in the desert vast, have pity on me unto him, I cried, whicher thou art, or shade, or real man. He answered me, not man, 
Man once I was, and both my parents were of Lombardy, and Mantuans by country both of them. Sub Julio was I born, though it was late, and lived at Rome under the good Augustus, during the time of false and lying gods. A poet was I, and I sang that just, son of Anchises, who came forth from Troy. After that, Ilion the superb was burned. But thou, why goest thou back to such annoyance? Why climbest thou not the mount delectable, which is the source and cause of every joy? Now art thou that Virgilius and that fountain, which spreads abroad so wide a river of speech. I made response to him with bashful forehead. Oh, of the other poets, honor and light, avail me the long study and the great love that have impelled me to explore thy volume. Thou art my master and my author thou. Thou art alone the one from whom I took the beautiful style that has done honor to me. Behold the beast for which I have turned back. Do thou protect me from her, famous sage, for she doth make my veins and pulses tremble. Thee it behoves to take another road, responded he, when he beheld me weeping. If from the savage place thou wouldst escape, because this beast at which thou criest out suffers not any one to pass her away, but so doth harass him that she destroys him, and has a nature so malign and ruthless that never doth she glut her greedy will, and after food is hungrier than before. Many the animals with whom she weds, and more they shall be still until the greyhound comes, who shall make her perish in her pain. He shall not feed on either earth or pelf, but upon wisdom, on love and virtue, twixt Feltro and Feltro shall his nation be. Of that low Italy shall he be the savior, on whose account the maid Camilla died, Euralis, Turnus, Nissus of their wound. Through each city shall he hunt her down, until he shall have driven her back to hell, there from whence envy first did let her loose. Therefore I think and judge it for thy best. Thou follow me, and I shall be thy guide, and lead thee hence through the eternal place, where thou shalt hear the desperate lamentations, shalt see the ancient spirits disconsolate, who cry out each one for the second death, and thou shalt see those who contented are within the fire, because they hope to come, whene'er it may be, to the blessed people. To whom then, if thou wishes to ascend, a soul shall be for that than I were more worthy. With her at my departure I will leave thee, because that emperor who reigns above, in that I was rebellious to his law, wills that through me none come into his city. He governs everywhere, and there he reigns. There is his city and his lofty throne. O oh, happy he whom thereto he elects. And I to him, poet, I thee entreat. By that same God whom thou didst never know, 
so that I may escape this woe and worse. Thou wouldst conduct me there where thou hast said, that I may see the portal of St. Peter, and thou makest so disconsolate. And he moved on, and I followed him behind. Now was the day departing, and the air, embrowned with shadows, from their toils released. All animals on earth and I alone prepared myself the conflict to sustain, both of sad pity and that perilous road, which my unerring memory shall retrace. O muses, O high genius, now vouchsafe your aid, O mind, that all I saw hast kept, safe in a written record, hear thy worth, and eminent endowments come to proof. I thus began, Bard, thou who art my guide, consider well, if virtue be in me sufficient, ere to this high enterprise thou trust me. Thou hast told that Silvius' sire, yet clothed in corruptible flesh, among the immortal tribes had entrance, and was there sensible present. Yet if heaven's great lord, almighty foe to ill, such favor showed in contemplation of the high effect, both what and who from him should issue forth, it seems in reason's judgment well deserved. Sith he of Rome, and of Rome's empire wide, in heaven's imperial height was chosen sire, both which, if truth be spoken, were ordained and established for the holy place, where sits who to great Peter's sacred chair succeeds. He from this journey in thy song renowned learned things that to his victory gave rise and to the papal robe. In after times, the chosen vessel also traveled there to bring us back assurance in that faith, which is the entrance to salvation's way. But I, why should I there presume? Or who permits it? Not Annas, I, nor Paul. Myself, I deem not worthy, and none else will deem me. I, if on this voyage, then, I venture, fear it will end in folly. Thou who art wise, better my meaning knowest than I can speak. As one who unresolves what he hath late resolved, and with new thoughts changes his purpose, from his first intent removed, even such was I on that dun coast, wasting in thought my enterprise, at first so eagerly embraced, if right thy words I scan, replied that shade magnanimous, thy soul is by vile fear assailed, which oft so overcasts a man, that he recoils from noblest resolution, like a beast, at some false semblance in the twilight gloom, that from this terror thou mayst free thyself, I will instruct thee why I came, and what I heard in that same instant, when for thee grief touched me first.
I was among the tribe who rest suspended when a dame so blessed and lovely I besought her to command, called me. Her eyes were brighter than the star of day, and she with gentle voice and soft, angelically tuned her speech addressed. O courteous shade of Mantua, thou whose fame yet lives, and shall live long as nature lasts. A friend, not of my fortune, but myself, on the wide desert in his road, has met hindrance so great that he through fear has turned. Now much I dread lest he past help have strayed, and I brisen too late for his relief. From what in heaven of him I heard, speed now, and by thy eloquent persuasive tongue, and by all means, for his deliverance meet, assist him. So to me will comfort spring. I who now bid thee on this errand forth, and Beatrice, from a place I come. Revisited with joy. Love brought me thence, who prompts my speech. When in my master's sight I stand, thy praise to him I oft will tell. She then was silent, and I thus began. O lady, by whose influence alone mankind excels whatever is contained within that heaven which hath the smallest orb, so thy command delights me, that to obey if it were done already, would seem late. No need hast thou farther to speak thy will, yet tell the reason why thou art not loth to leave that ample space, where to return thou burnst for the center here beneath. She then, since thou so deeply wouldst inquire, I will instruct thee briefly, why no dread hinders my entrance here. Those things alone are to be feared, whence evil may proceed, none else, for none are terrible beside. I am so framed by God, thanks to his grace, that any sufferance of your misery touches me not, nor flame of that fierce fire assails me. In high heaven a blessed dame Besides, who mourns with such effectual grief that hindrance which I send thee to remove, that God's stern judgment to her will inclines? To Lucia calling, her she thus bespake, Now doth thy faithful servant need thy aid, and I commend him to thee. At her word sped Lucia of all cruelty the foe, and coming to the pal coming to the place where I abode, seated with Rachel, her of ancient days, she thus addressed me, Thou true praise of God, Beatrice, why is not thy succour lent to him who so much loved thee as to leave for thy sake all the multitude admires? Dost thou not hear how pitiful his wail, nor marked the death, which in the torrent flood, swoln mightier than a sea him struggling holds? 
Ne'er among men did any with such speed haste to their prophet, flee from their annoy, as when these words were spoken. I came here, down from my blessed seat, trusting the force of thy pure eloquence, which thee and all who well have marked it into honor brings. When she had ended, her bright beaming eyes, tearful, she turned aside. Worried, I felt redoubled zeal to serve thee. As she willed, thus am I come. I saved thee from the beast, who thy near way across the goodly mount prevented. What is this comes o'er thee, then? Why, why dost thou hang back? Why in thy breast harbor vile fear? Why hast thou not courage there and noble daring? Since three maids so blessed thy safety plan, even in the court of heaven, and so much certain good my words forebode. As florets by the frosty air of night, bent down and closed, when day has blanched their leaves, rise all unfolded on their spiry stems. So was my fainting vigor new restored, and to my heart such kindly courage ran, that I as one undaunted soon replied, O full of pity she who undertook my succor, and thou kind, who didst perform so soon her true behest. With such desire thou hast disposed me to renew my voyage, that my first purpose fully is resumed. Lead on. One only will is in us both. Thou art my guide, my master thou, and lord. So spake I, and when he had onward moved, I entered on the deep and woody way.